Ah. 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 Hey. Um, welcome to Pete Side Chats. Uh, I picked a name. That's the name now. So you have to, uh, that's what you got to call it when you tell your friends all about America's next hit podcast. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> podcast, I don't know how people start listening to any podcasts because you're, it's hard to like advertise a pod. I mean, if it's like informative, then it's easy to like tell people like, oh, you can learn about, you know, history from the lens of uh you know something something humorous or something like that but it's hard when you just have like conversational podcasts unless someone else already listened to the same kind of podcast as you to be like oh they, their conversation is so funny or so uh why do people listen to podcasts that's a good question because it's not like when i listen to a podcast especially the ones or like the ones i listen to i'm like laughing all the time they're sometimes funny but I think it's people like to uh, people like to get inside other people's brains. You know, people like to connect, and uh, it's cool. You can like connect with someone who you never have met before and never will meet, but you just feel like you're friends. That's how that's that's what a podcast is. That you feel like you're friends with the person. And I have I have I listen to these podcasts from these famous comedians, and I'm like, oh, it's I I know how I would hang out with them. It's you could fool yourself into thinking that. <laughs> Maybe not fool, but um, when you listen to someone do a podcast, you're like, I know how I would kind of bob and weave in the conversation, you know, because it takes a sec to to kind of like suss that out with anyone who you meet initially of sort of like, what is it like to have a conversation with this person? And then you have to have the conversation with the person before you know how to have a conversation with the person. And obviously, you know, the answer to all this is just like be authentic and just be yourself in the face of whatever. But you still have to like, you still don't know the way that people talk and the way that people will approach human interaction. And uh, yeah, it's a funny experience to kind of, and, and you can not, cause there, I feel like I've often had experiences with people where, uh, you know, they do X or do Y and you think they're like shitty in some, or like, you know, and I think part of like neg or negligent or like fucking, I don't know. You, you hold a negative impression based on something they do, but, um, actually they're cool. Um, and you just didn't give them a chance. And I think part of getting older is, uh, giving people a chance and kind of realizing like, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, cause when you're younger, it's so tempting to, uh, it's so tempting to cast people down for, uh, for being bad in whatever way. And, and then you can say like, oh, I'm better than them. Cause I'm not, you know, like one of my, one of my dearest friends, I thought he was, a <laughs> I thought he was a, he was a try hard loser. We had like an intro thing first day of college or yeah, first day of college. And it's like, capture the flag with all the dorms it's uh, it's dumb you just kind of run around but um this guy got like really into he like took his shirt off and no one else was taking their shirt off and he's like who's gonna take their shirt off with me and i was like this guy's a fucking tool but actually he just possesses a zeal for life and an enthusiasm that is radiant and i appreciate that about him but i would not have you know and it's it's fair for me to think he's a tool given that but um yeah, it's just funny to kind of come around and like when you see someone be like, ah, they're probably trying their best and they're probably being pretty nice. I don't know many people who are just like not nice, 
who are who are who are like you know bad intentioned you know and i'm sure there's a lot of people out there and i live a charmed life but uh yeah i think most people are good intentioned uh uh been watching tv a lot i mean not like more than normal i just i keep a steady rotation of of tv i like to watch a little tv at lunch it's funny how like now and this is all going to end with the writer strikes but now we're in a position where uh, people used to rewatch TV shows all the time. Uh, people would watch, you know, the the uh, I watch The Office every night before I go to bed, you know, shit like that. And I'm sure a ton of people still do that. But like where I'm at with TV is that there's an infinite volume of TV shows that I would watch that I'm sure are good. There, it, it, it's 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 functionally infinite at this point. Like in terms of, I don't think. And, you know, writer strike aside, because there's not going to be any new TV for a while, which is great, but, um, or which is, you know, good for the writers, not, not as like a TV viewer, but, uh, but now I just watch, I never rewatch shows anymore. I just watch new TV shows and sometimes I'll watch a new TV show. If I realize like, I don't like it that much, I'll watch it as if it's like an episode of the office that I've seen before where I'm like, you know, on my laptop and like getting up to get snacks in the middle of the show. I'm not giving it the full respect it's due. But um, I don't like watching the recaps for TV shows because I remember. I, I already know. And then also what they do in the recap that's frustrating is that especially with the show that's been running for longer is they'll have something that's going to... It's a spoiler. It's a, a Recaps are often spoilers because what it'll be is that there's something that's going to happen in the episode. And they'll like flashback to like a specific moment from like four seasons ago. Oh, seasons ago. And it'll be like, oh, remember when, uh, remember when Will had the conversation uh, with this woman, and he was like, oh, you look cute in that. He's gonna have an affair with her this episode, and and, and it's the kind of thing where like you see that in the recap, and you're like, oh, here's a hyper specific moment that I haven't thought about that has no real bearing. Like, okay, that's there, that's gonna happen, you know, and. Uh, and I know they have to do recaps, like they have to, you know, show that stuff happening that you, you have to assume in a recap that someone is watching the show like every, like one episode a month, basically. So you have to really spoon feed it to them. But if you know what's going on, then the, the recap is just like, here's everything you need to know about the TV show to understand today's episode. And if you had watched the previous episode Dougie, yesterday, then you're going to, you're going to know that already. Um... Yeah, it's uh, it's good, man. I like I like TV. I like uh, I I had a little Otter Pop popsicle when I was watching TV today. Um, those are the best. Those are uh, it's like the little Otter. It's like twenty five calories, but it's like has water in it. It ha- you, you know, it's like a popsicle, so obviously it has water. But I like to uh, I like to give myself credit for uh things that are are probably someone doing something for me um you know health wise where i'm like yeah i'm having a little popsicle but also there's some hydration in the popsicle and i think you got to celebrate your small wins you know there's so many opportunities to to not to 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 be like ah shit i shouldn't have done that but that's not helpful it's not helpful to 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 do that popsicles popsicles are an underrated uh an underrated genre of food i would say greatly overshadowed by ice cream uh you know pretty healthy pretty uh pretty fruit oh dude i got into mangoes oh 
The mango is the best fruit. It's it's creamy. The mango is ice cream. Basically, it's creamy, and it's uh, it's like sweet, and the the form factor of you do the slices and then it pops open and the little chunks are sticking out is is so beautiful, and I just uh, yeah, it's a it's a I go through I go through phases of things a lot. I get how how it works is that I will I will like discover that I a thing that I forgot about and then I will do that thing a lot for a bit and then I'll kind of like you know forget about it but like oatmeal went through a big oatmeal phase ping pong big ping pong phase. I mean you know I've been on and off with ping pong but uh <laughs> this is funny I was at a ping pong bar uh this last weekend in San Francisco and it's like kind of a it's called spin it's like uh, there's several chains in several different locations and it was cool inside but um it had an aesthetic of uh like I feel like there's a certain aesthetic that you see nowadays in buildings, especially like chains of some sort, where the vibe is this is cool for millennials, you know, where it's like it's clearly very impersonally designed. It's not like one person's like vision. It was clear that instead of going like, you know, this is what we think is cool. They're like, this is what we think they think they will think is cool so it's like you know it's kind of like it's got a bunch of like edison bulby type stuff there's kind of like you know sort of graffiti-esque it, it like you would call it like street art if you were like that you know and it's like on the concrete walls and there's like the concrete pillars and then it's uh you know, there's like Elvis, but there's a little bit of grief. There's like some spray paint on him and he's wearing some kooky clothes. And you're like, oh my God, uh, slay, you know, like that's the expectation of how you're supposed to react. It looks like, like a WeWork, but you're not working there. You know, it's the, that the WeWork is the, is the whole, the WeWork, the like, this is a coworking space, but it's actually not like a normal coworking space is the whole, this is cool for millennials aesthetic. And you know, it was cool when that first came out, but now I feel like I'm so desensitized to the idea of like, you know, corporate America locking in on, uh, on, a like what is cool to a specific demographic. I went to a show last night. This is one of the more fascinating shows, I think. And just, just because, uh, so it's a show in Santa Cruz, and it's at a place called the Crow's Nest. The Crow's Nest, it's like a pretty cool restaurant right on the water uh, in, in a like a touristy area. They have a show and they've had a show every Sunday for like, I think, over 10 years. And it's eight dollar tickets. And but they don't they don't really diligently check the tickets. Like I just walked up and no one even confirmed that I'm either on the show or attending the show. And <laughs> the all all disclose the host gets paid 50 bucks the feature which i did last night gets paid 100 bucks and the headliner i assume makes at absolute minimum 200 dollars, probably 300 plus almost yeah there's no way they don't make more than three the 300 is the minimum they definitely make 300 dollars um and you get free food and free drink and there was like <laughs> there was like 12 people there maybe more maybe there was maybe there was 20 people there but that's 160 dollars so you barely pay the host and feature and then there's a guy who runs the show who books the show and you know he has to get some kind of cut for for green to do this and it's i've done the show like probably three or four times and it's always there's no one there 
and or at least not enough to justify you know the payment structure and i'm just so fascinated to learn what uh you know i'll I'll never learn i'll never know this but it's like what is what what could that what's going on you know it's uh and it's a bad show it's you know there's people there and the people don't give a shit they don't want to they don't want to laugh very much and that's fine you know i think you reach a certain point in comedy like where uh you know if you if you do poorly on a show that is very good and you you know and your intent with the show was to do well then that's disappointing right but uh like if you do a show and you're like oh this show is bad it's gonna be bad and then you go up and you don't you know do very well then uh but in line with the show then you're like that's fine you know i I got because then it's like you're, you're working on jokes and you're like uh just kind of using it as an opportunity to go through and like get a read that you can on like the jokes that you do tell and then just like you know maybe do some crowd work feel comfortable just get just get some time in on stage which is always helpful um and that's a that, i think that's kind of like a a fun place to be at in comedy where it's feeling more job like just in that like i get less of the like oh if i do really well i'm like woo I'm doing it. I'm going to like, I don't think more broadly about like the, like, what do I aspire to be in con? What if I make, I'm just like, this is just what I do. You know, this is what I do and I'm doing it. Um, Oh, my room is so messy. It's so funny. This is set up. (laughs) This is, I didn't realize the extent of this, the, uh, my room that what I have framed in the camera here is like the cleanest subset of my room. Everything else is so messy and I've allowed it to get it this way. I already talked about like, you know, the tears of mess, but I've allowed this because, um, you know, I don't really care, but I know that whenever there's, here's, I I told, someone told me this is, uh, one time is that whenever you have, uh, you know, like, like having things clean clears out your mind because what you see when you see a mess is you see of some sort, even just like I have shirts over here. Um, it's a to-do list item where it's like a to-do list item in the back of your brain that where you go, I will have to do that eventually. You know, I have gold bond, anti-aging cream sitting out of my dresser. That's not where it lives. It'll have to be somewhere else at some point in time. And, you know, presumably I'm, I'm slightly more stressed as a result. And I think that, you know, different people that amounts to different amounts of stress and I don't really give a shit, which is why I'm fine having my room be like this but i did like i did like that framework of um of uh you know clear out your mind you know that was cool so yeah there's a (laughs) but also you know i don't know i don't know if that's true i love to uh there's so many there's things that just like make sense when you when you hear them so you accept it but then the truth but but also maybe it totally doesn't do that you know maybe you're you're you actually don't spend any amount of time thinking about the gold bond on top of your your dresser and and actually it's just fine you know there's so many uh so many things that it are uh so many things that are are, are intuitive as you'd think they would be and there's so many things that are not intuitive as well and then you're like wow the world the world is complicated you know the world is uh very complex but 
it is a uh, it is fascinating that uh you know to kind of like step out of like yes i think it's dumb to generalize generationally but then also what's wild is that you can model like and predict the behavior of humanity at such a broad scale that it kind of invalidates the point that i'm making where you know like even just like at a super broad scale of like people did come up with you know different mathematical concepts were invented around similar periods of time like all over different parts of the world that's fucking nuts you know like you wouldn't expect that to be i mean maybe you would but like you know that happened like just all these different things were developed at the same time people like civilizations were like about at the same level at you know various points in history sort of like pre-globalization and uh yeah, it's it's just uh, you you the, like you can predict humanity's actions in a way that's that's very interesting. Um, and I guess, and I guess the question is like, is that because like the average of like a lot of different people is uh, predictable, or is it that there's a high number of people who are very predictable who are just kind of like boring and predictable? And then there's a number of people who are not, but that's a smaller percentage of the population and have like less influence. So you can kind of just go based on the boring people, you know, where it's like, like, uh, if you're a Texas roadhouse and you're like, well, I don't want to, if you're a Texas roadhouse, you're like, we know, and you're like, we're going to have this many customers this year. Is that like certain types of people? are definitely going to go or it's like maybe a lot of types of people are going to go like probably the latter but it's fun to think about like <laughs> a world in which you have like predictable people and then you have unpredictable people of like people who just fall into the mold and you know <laughs> and I, I sound like i'm i don't know i think i think i think people have different uh levels of desire to be unique um i think like i think it's more i think it's funny where as a child, um, that's when you, I think, have the greatest desire to be unique and also the least ability to be unique. Um, and it's incredibly frustrating, or at least it was for me. And I, I like, I like wanted to be considered unique. And I would like, I, I, there's two different lies that I told to people purely for the purpose. There are actually three kind of, um, there's three times I lied to make myself seem more unique than I was. Um, one was I said that I was allergic to dark chocolate. And that's not that's not interesting. That's <laughs> not like a cool it's not true. It's also like not a thing that anyone's allergic to. But like I had dark chocolate once and I don't know, maybe it was like heavy cacao and my like mouth got dry and I was like, I'm allergic. And then I was like, cool. Now I have a thing I can tell to other people about myself. Uh, it's a fun fact, you know, it's so frustrating that like, you know, kids, when you're a kid, you have to give fun facts the most when you have the least fun facts to give and you're like, oh, I have two brothers and it's like, cool, that's not fucking fun. Um, anyway, that was one lie I told. Another lie I told was, um, that I'm a 64th Mongolian. I told that to people, I want to say early middle school. And then I kind of just like subsided telling people that, but that was, a yeah i mean that's obviously not true i wouldn't know if that was true i don't know why i thought it made me interesting it's not interesting it's it's you know in retrospect like and obviously other people in middle school aren't like evaluating with the same harsh criticisms that like a season 28 year old man like myself would but that was one um and then 
the third one is that I, uh, <laughs> I took an eye test and, um, I, and I think I'd done fine on the eye test before, but on this one, they determined that I, um, <laughs> that like, I like barely needed reading glasses. Like I had like the lowest amount of vision fucked up that you could have while still like, you know, needing reading glasses. And I was stoked. This is, I was in like seventh grade or something and I got reading glasses and I would like wear them to bed and I was excited. And I remember I went to acting camp and I brought them to acting camp with me and I was like wearing around and I told people that I was wearing them around because I like needed to get used to them and that's not true at all and then also I totally didn't need the reading glasses at no point have I needed reading glasses I just I think probably on some level I like fucked up the test to get that but maybe not I don't I don't know it's weird it's not and the thing is it wasn't like an attention thing necessarily it's not like I wanted you know uh oh I didn't I, I wasn't like creating I didn't like want to create attention for myself but I it was more that I wanted to um have things that people could pull when they thought of me so it's not like I was like spouting off to everyone like I have a dark chocolate allergy but if someone asked I would oh about we're talking about allergies I would say I have a dark chocolate allergy and then in my mind it was satisfying to think about people later talking about me it's like oh do you know he's allergic to dark chocolate and then that being a conversation piece of like uniqueness and yeah, it's very, it's all very silly in retrospect. Um, and like, you know, I think that I, I still have, you know, some degree of desire to be unique, but I also think that like, it's not that the, any desires change It's more just accepting that like literally everyone is unique and like, you know, the more you go on in your life and you know, the more experiences that you have that make you unique and then also the broader pool of people that you interact with, um, makes you more unique just because like, you know, if you're in my elementary school, there's a bunch of other kids who've had very, very similar life experiences to you who are all the same age as you who like, you know, uh, mostly white kids at my, you know, um, and that will, and I'm saying that like, you feel less unique when you're surrounded by all those people, but then you got into college, into the world and, you know, fucking whatever you're doing. And then just being around all the other people who, you know, aren't like who you grew up with. You go, oh, I guess in some sense, being from the suburbs of Seattle does make me, you know, unique because look at all these people who have a different background than that, you know? <laughs> I did a, uh, me and my girlfriend were talking about, uh, like, <laughs> who has the, it wasn't like who's the most boring, but it was like who who has like the least interesting like <laughs> background there's cause, cause even, even though everyone is unique, people still have like the most and least you can still have people who have like more interesting backgrounds and less interesting backgrounds. And so we're doing an exercise of like, you know, like who that is. And like, I have a friend who's like from Vegas and he was like, you know, in like a professional band when he was a kid and he like is a rock climber and he lives like in the middle of like bishop california just does that but he also got his phd and he's done a bunch of drugs and like da, 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 da. and you know so there's that guy and then there's i'm not gonna describe some of the less interesting people we talked about just in case they come back to me and they listen but uh yeah <laughs> it's a funny uh it's a funny thing I got a uh I got a bug zapper in my room. Um 
It's pretty great. Just it just like sits up there and it has a blue light that atta- uh, uh, attracts flies, and then they go in and they hit an electric grate and they die. And um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It uh, my my room. This is not interesting at all. But my room has this weird window of like slats it's like a series of like slats stacking on top of each other and then you can kind of like open it and it rotates all of the slats perpendicular like parallel to the windowsill anyway basically it means that like i'm always outside um so like you know people can hear me right now surely hello neighbors one of the neighbors had a dog break the window above our little like back concrete patch and there's a bunch of broken glass there so that's you know that's something but yeah i got this bug zapper and it's cool like it zaps all the bugs and then all the flies die and then collect on like the tray at the bottom and it's uh (laughs) it's it's weird how much satisfaction i get out of looking at all the dead flies you know on the one hand i'm like that's gross to have like a bunch of dead flies and like mosquitoes or whatever but uh on the other hand i'm like look at this fucking this graveyard of my enemies you know like there, there's a carnal part of me that's like i i through utilization of of wit over brawn i was able to topple all of these insects that ruled the earth long before i was here and will remain far after i i, I go they will win the war i win the battle you know <laughs> do you guys feel that way about dead flies um cool um yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Cool. Bye.